0: Coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. Day one dynamic of blended families. If you haven't resolved this, the devil's constantly working you to destroy your present relationships. He's constantly working you, dragging you back into either the bitterness of your past or glamorized memories. that are just not real. This is what he always does. I really had to realize that my husband is not my ex-husband. I would say you really have to extend forgiveness because if you're carrying it, it's gonna it's like carrying a wedge between you and your partner. you, you can't get past it. blended family, when when you define blended families, it's a marriage where one or both spouses bring children with them from a previous marriage or relationship. Sometimes it wasn't a marriage. Sometimes it was, you know, an unwanted pregnancy that, you know, resulted in a a child or children or maybe multiple marriages or something like that. But there's a different dynamic to it. Fifty percent of all families are blended families. And But there's also higher divorce in blended families, which isn't necessary. It's really necessary because there are dynamics present day one in blended families that are not present in other families. And, you know, I mean, there's enough risk of divorce in a regular marriage. But when you have a blended family marriage, we need to understand the special issues related to that. And I've seen over the years of doing what we do, we've seen the most incredible Blended family relationships. Now, let me tell you about blended family seminars because they're different. And that is a lot of people in blended families just kind of feel like they did something wrong or they kind of feel guilty. Like somehow they're second-class citizens or God doesn't love them as much or they're not as special. Aren't you glad God loves us all the same? You know, blend, Jesus had a blended family. You know that, don't you? Okay, his, He did not share the same father with his siblings. Now, a lot of them didn't know that. And if he tried to pull, you know, God is my father, they probably wouldn't have believed him. But, you know, there are a lot of great blended families in the Bible, and there are a lot of wonderful blended families that do a lot of great things. So I hope that you'll just accept the fact that you can have an incredible, blessed family in a blended family relationship. I want to talk about unresolved feelings toward an ex-spouse. That's one of the day one dynamics, because when there is a blended family, there had to have been Someone that caused a pregnancy and caused a child that went before. It could have been a spouse, it could have been a boyfriend, girlfriend, live-in, lover, whoever it was. But but here here's the issue. 50% of people who are married or divorced, ten years later still have feelings toward their ex-spouse. Okay. 50%. And that this is a, a tormenting thing. And and what, what we need to understand is, is that a lot our society trivializes sex but you realize the bible says when we have sex with a person we become one with that individual you know in first corinthians the apostle paul says don't you understand that every other thing that we do is outside our body when it comes to sex when you have sex with another person you become one with that individual now our society trivializes that but what it means is when you're in a relationship with a person you're having sex with them on some regular basis it means there's a joining of souls and you know, there's this song that says, when a heart breaks, it doesn't break even. When you divide away from that person, a part of that person comes with you, and then you have an evil devil who is always interacting in those situations in two ways. And the first is perverting our memories. Uh, he'll come, once a, once a relationship is broken, I had a girlfriend in high school that, she was okay, I mean, but we kind of had a rocky relationship. And every time I broke up with Karen, I'd date her, and then I'd get tired of her, and I'd go back to Karen, you know, and we... It was kind of the way it was, and and I didn't like her. But when Karen and I, I liked her okay, but we didn't have a great relationship. But every time Karen and I had started having problems in our marriage, the devil would bring her up, and he'd say, "You should have married her." In reality, it wasn't that great of a relationship, but it was just it was there every time there was problems. The children of Israel were lived in Egypt under horrible, cruel bondage from Pharaoh. It was awful. They were there for four hundred years, and and Pharaoh once Joseph died. And a Pharaoh arose that didn't know Joseph. He put them under cruel bondage. But Moses came and delivered them literally from whips and from torture. And they went out into the wilderness. And when they got out in the wilderness, they didn't want to go in the promised land because of the giants. And as soon as they saw the giants, they began to weep. And they said, we wish we were back in Egypt. We remember the leeks and the melons and the onions and all the things. Well, they forgot Pharaoh. Little little detail you forget. They forgot Pharaoh. They forgot the whips. They forgot the torture. They forgot that they were slaves in Egypt. And this is exactly what the devil does. You're in a previous relationship, and maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you didn't make a mistake. But I'm saying you're in this previous relationship, but it didn't last. For whatever reason, it didn't last. And what the devil does is we do bring a part of that person with us into the future. And what he does is, as soon as you get into a new relationship, and there's any difficulty whatsoever, he'll take you back and idealize that relationship and say, "Don't you remember all the good things?" <laughs> yeah, I do remember all the good things. But he doesn't want us to remember there was a reason it ended. You know, whether it was my fault or both of our fault or, or the other person's fault, whatever reason it ended, and and I've got to deal with that in my heart and say this, I thank God for the good, but I'm gonna let that go. That was my past. I'm not gonna let the devil torment me by constantly bringing up the past because he'll always do it at the most inopportune times to make something bad worse in my life. So there came a point in my life, it wasn't an ex-wife or anything like that, but it was an ex-girlfriend that had a serious relationship with it. Just say, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going back to that place. So the devil wants to per- pervert our memories or poison our memories. And poison our memories just means bitterness, anger, and unforgiveness, just stewing on what that person did to us. But I want you to understand this. See, a lot of people come into remarriage mad. They're, they're mad. When every time you divorce, your chance of divorce goes up 10%. And again, it's, it's not necessary. You, you don't, that's not a, that's not a, a, a statistic that you have to uh, join into. But it's because of there is unresolved issues there and you come into this new relationship and you're already you're, you're not as patient as you were back then. You're not as forgiving as you were back then because your heart's been scarred. So the devil wants to poison our memories and we become bitter, but regardless of who you're mad at from the past, your spouse is going to get the worst of it. Your your disposition changes. Anytime that I've had problems with unforgiveness in the past, Karen will get the brunt of it. A person could be dead. It could have been 20 years ago. But when you haven't resolved an issue from the past, you're gonna spew it out number one on the person that you're now married to. So let me say, there was a previous relationship in, in your life or you wouldn't have a blended family. Okay, One of you or both of you had a serious relationship somewhere in your past. And if that was a sexual relationship, which obviously it was to produce children, then what that means is you joined into a oneness with that person. And when you split up, a part of that person comes with you. That's just the way it is. And again, our society trivializes sex and just, oh, you can have any relationship you want to and when you break up, you just go on. (laughs) Okay, you can go on and God can heal everything, but you have to deal with the reality there is a part of that person that you attach to, you became one with. So what am I saying? I'm saying thank God for the good. Thank God for the good. Just thank God for any good that was in that relationship and put it in the past. And when the devil comes to you in bad times, when you're having difficulty, and he brings back memories from the past to intrude in your life right now, stop it. Take that thought captive and said, uh-uh, uh-uh, it didn't work. It, it would not have been any better than what I have right now. I'm not going into the past. I'm going to live in my present. And I'm not going to let you come in and torment me with these feelings. Here, here's, here's the way the devil does it. When you're in a relationship, he's the accuser of your spouse. And he sits there constantly accusing your spouse to you, telling you how bad they are. You married the wrong person. You should have done this. You should have done this. He always does that. And as soon as you break up, he comes and says, they weren't so bad. You know, they're pretty good. They're pretty a lot better cooked than the one you got now. You know, and he'll just sit there and just torment you with memories from the past. You just got I'm not going back there. I'm not going to let you come and torment me with those thoughts. I take that captive and I'm focused on the person I'm married to right now and I thank God for them. And I thank God for this right now. The second thing is I forgive everyone in my past. I forget regardless of what they did or did not do. I am not, see, unforgiveness is an invisible umbilical cord that connects us with our past. It feeds our spirit from the past. It could be something that happened to you when you were five years old. And you haven't forgiven. It's still feeding your spirit. It's still feeding your disposition. It could have been a previous marriage. It could have been a business partner that did you in. But when you haven't forgiven, that is feeding. It's an umbilical cord that's feeding your spirit. Forgiveness reaches down and clips the cord and says, The devil will no longer feed my spirit from my past. I forgive that person and I bless him. I forgive that person. I won't talk bad about them. I'm not going to sit and rehearse the hurt that they did in my life. And I bless them. I bless them. And when it's the most self-loving, forgiveness is the most self-loving act you will ever do in your life. Forgiveness doesn't make them right. It just makes me free. Until you let the past go, it won't let your future live. You cannot go forward constantly living in the past. And the devil comes day one dynamic of blended families. If you haven't resolved this, the devil's constantly working you to destroy your present relationships. He's constantly working you, dragging you back into either the bitterness of your past or glamorized memories. They're just not real. This is what he always does. So you've got to close that door by saying, Hey, I forgive. And if I don't forgive, it's going to affect my family right now the most. I forgive and I'll take those thoughts captive when we're in difficult circumstances and he comes and tries to torment me with idealized memories like he did with uh, Egypt when they were entering into the promised land. So that's the number one day, day one dynamic. You know, blended families have some special issues that they deal with, and I want you to know right up front, we want you to thrive in your blended family. You may be facing some struggles and some specific struggles as a blended family, but that's the purpose of this study now. And the best way to learn about being a blended family are from people who have succeeded at being a blended family. And so blended families really learn the most from other blended families. And so the couples right now that we interviewed, they're going to talk to you in this session about how they healed from damaged emotions and hurts from their past. I think a a lot of times when we all into relationships, we come in with some type of baggage, whether it's from a bad breakup or a nasty divorce or a childhood issue. And learning early on is like, I could keep going to him and telling him, hey, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're comparing me to her. You know, you're trying to make me do what she's not doing. Or I could recognize it and just, you know, pray about it and expect God to move. Um, Because we can't change a person. You know, that's not our job. That's God's job. Our job is basically to just sow the seed. God would water it when He's ready for it to grow. But in the process, you do have to have patience. One of the major ways I've been able to heal from the past is I've really had to realize that my husband is not my ex-husband. And, cause sometimes you deal with situations in the same manner because of those past hurts. And when it's brought to your attention, to actually take a step back and look at the reality. Say, oh wow, did I really do that because of my ex-spouse? It has really helped our marriage a lot to realize, okay, this is a different person. Let me try to do this another way than just lashing out from an, ex, from an old pain from an ex-spouse. I think as the, uh, the new spouse um, in blending the family, I think it's important that you understand your role from day one. And a part of your role will be, not maybe, but will be to help them uh, heal, to establish uh, new trust new belief, new hope in relationships, and help them to really process in, an, in a very gracious and understanding way the pain. You know, one of the hardest things to do um, for me, as having been married twice before, and then I was single for so many years, is I had to really uh, accept where I had failed in the past in my marriages. and. You know, I could sit here and be a victim like everybody else. My first husband did this, my second husband was that. You know, I can say all those things, but none of that helps me, none of that changes anything for me or for our relationship until I was able to go, okay, this is where I was really responsible for the failure of my previous marriages. That's what helps me to make sure I get it right this time, is repenting, admitting where I was wrong, seeking the truth, and saying, okay, this is where I messed up. Another issue that's huge in dealing with the pain of our past is dealing with an ex-spouse. And and it could be that, you know, you and your ex-spouse are friendly and you get along okay. It could be that it's a horrible relationship. But the couples now are going to talk about making amends with your ex-spouse. Making peace with your ex-spouse is, uh, really, that needs to be a priority, it really needs to be a priority uh, because if it's not a priority, it's definitely going to cause a wedge in your relationship, the new relationship that you're building. I would say you really have to extend forgiveness to the spouse, regardless of what they did, regardless of the pain. I would say you really have to release it because if you're carrying it, it's, gonna, it's like carrying a wedge between you and your partner. You, you can't get past it. When your, your child comes over and you can tell that your ex-bass has been talking to them and they got an attitude or whatever, you know, you don't take the high road. Because sooner or later, that child is going to figure it out. You know, they go home to mom and all they hear is negative And they go over to, to dad's house and he, he has nothing but good to say. And he's positive and he talks about the, the good times that they had as a family. You know, they're going to figure that out. I also think praying for your ex-spouse mm-hmm. is important. I think that um, we both have done that. It's important. We do it for the other's ex-spouse. Uh, God can change a heart. you know. So if you really have a heart to have a decent relationship with, you know, we're not even talking good. We're talking an amical relationship so that you can communicate about your children. You know, I think it's important that you pray for them and you ask God to change their heart. And if you need your heart changed, that you ask God to change your heart. If there's anger or hurt or you know past wounds from that marriage, it's something that I think it's important that we remember that that God's hand is there all the time and that we ask Him to bring them in and to change their heart to be more open to your communication. In addition to that, the more healed we become, you know, mm-hmm. uh, over over our wounds and everything, the more we can uh, understand and sympathize with our ex-spouses, you know, because because their contribution to the demise of your relationship uh, was based on their own baggage and their wounds and everything. And now that we're more healed, we we have a lot more sympathy towards and understanding towards our exes for the things that we were offended about back then, that now we're just like, hey, you know, they were wounded and hurt people, too. You know, as I was saying in the teaching there, we have such a, a conflicted set of feelings, you know, when you come out of a previous relationship and you gave your heart to someone. And regardless of how long the marriage lasted, or even the bad things that happened in the marriage. You know, most people, when they're interviewed, they say that they still think about their ex. Many people say that they still have feelings of love for their ex, you know, years later. But the vast majority of people who are divorced, they still think a lot about their ex-spouse. Sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good. But, But here's what I want you to understand, and that is that you need to go on with your life. The devil loves to trap us in the past either in bitterness or in regret and many times with a blended family you have both you have the hurt of what happened to you uh, plus what they're still doing in some cases maybe they're still doing things through the children or saying things that they shouldn't say so you have that going on plus you have the regret of maybe you know you should have done something that you didn't do maybe you know you you should have worked harder at the relationship or whatever one of the things I'm so thankful is is that we have such a gracious god The devil is is so evil. He tempts us to sin, and then once we do it, he condemns us for the rest of our life. That's what he wants to do. The Bible says there's no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. The reason there's no condemnation is Jesus paid for our sins. If you did something wrong, you need to understand God has no interest in punishing you. Listen, if God wanted to punish you for the rest of your life for a mistake that you made, why did he put Jesus on the cross? Did God send Jesus to the cross so he could be hard to get along with? Did God send Jesus to the cross so he could pick on us for the rest of our lives for the mistakes that we've made? No. God sent Jesus to the cross so he could punish him so he wouldn't have to punish us. You know, if you've gone through something bad and what happens sometimes with people who have been in a prior, you know, a, a marriage and it, it ended in divorce or whatever, they interpret every bad thing that happens to them from then on as God punishing them. I'm just telling you, God's for you. He's not against you. You need to forgive yourself. And you need to accept God's forgiveness. If you did something wrong, just admit it. In some cases, you didn't do anything wrong. You fought for the relationship, and because of your spouse, the, the marriage ended. But you still have to forgive them. And forgiveness means that you leave the judgment to God. The, the Bible says, This vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. If there's something wrong that was done, trust God. God knows the whole circumstance, but the second thing is, we weren't designed by God to harbor bitterness. Listen, if you're bitter at your ex-spouse, you're going to take it out on your spouse right now. Whoever we're mad at, the people around us get the worst part of it. The most self-loving thing that you can do is to forgive your ex. Well, how, how do you do that? And maybe maybe their new spouse, maybe there's some other people involved that you need to forgive. The first thing is is that you release the judgment to God. And you say, God, I'm not going to talk bad about him. I'm not going to try to get back at him. I may not trust them. I may not want to be in a close relationship with them, but I'm not going to do anything to hurt them, either directly or indirectly. I'm leaving that up to you to judge them. Number two, I pray for them. See, Jesus said, pray for those who spitefully use you. Bless those who curse you. Why? Because that's where the healing comes. That's where the bitterness leaves. You, You can't hate somebody that you're praying for. And so you can only defeat a spirit with the opposite spirit. And the opposite spirit of hate is love. And the opposite spirit of bitterness is to care for somebody. So... You forgive yourself, you receive God's forgiveness, and you forgive anybody that's done something to you. It's time for you to go forward. It's time for, it's time for your future, a bright future to come. And you can't experience the future till you let go of the past. And so let go of the past. God's for you. He wants to lead you into the life of your dreams, the marriage of your dreams. That's his will for you. You know, I hope that this program today bless you. blesses you. We love to help people in the area of marriage. You know, God saved our marriage we would be divorced except for the grace of Jesus. So we have tremendous compassion for people struggling in the area of marriage. And I want to ask you, if you would, help us to come back to you and also help us to go to other people to help them. Our nation is in crisis related to marriage and family. Our world is in crisis. Karen and I are on the front lines helping people to succeed in marriage and family relationships. But we just can't do it without financial help from people like you. And I'm asking you right now, the information's on your screen of uh, how you can call right now, how you can go on the website right now, or the address that you can mail your gift. But I'm asking you, would you give your most generous gift right now to help us here at Marriage Day, literally to partner with Karen and me to take this message of hope and encouragement to blended families, to marriages, to help little children stay together with their parents and help the next generation to succeed in marriage and family relationships. We're asking you to help us. God bless you. Goodbye.